Right, you may be seated. Let's pray as we get into God's Word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace in our life. Thank you, Father, for your good, for your word this morning. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in our midst today. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kiddos, you guys want to be dismissed? And Bobby, I mean, uh, Krista and Jeannie will have uh, Children's Church there for you all. So how many of you enjoying uh, the music there Bobby and Chris have been picking out? Come on, praise God. Let's give them a hand. Amen. <laughs> They've been doing a good job picking that out and uh, the songs that we can sing along with and worship the Lord with. So we appreciate them and all they do for Antelope Valley Church here. So last week we uh, talked about the disciples that had gone fishing. They were given a command there by Jesus after he was resurrected to go to Galilee and Jerusalem and wait. Go over there and wait for me. Uh, you're going to see me over there. And so that's going to be our topic today. They were fishing last week, but uh, Peter, he decided, um, forget the fishing, I'm going swimming. And so the title of the message today is Gone Swimming. And so you'll have to look at our notes to look at your notes. I'm not going to have it on the on the screen today. But let's um, if you have your Bibles there, the Brethren Bible, let's let's turn to uh, page 1002. 1002. And uh, we're going to read there in chapter five. 1002 in our Bibles. And it's Luke chapter five. If you're out in the car listening out there, you got your Bibles out there. It's Luke chapter five, one through eleven. And uh, I think if we read this story, it'll better help us understand our topic for today uh, and maybe some thoughts that Peter was having there when he decided to go swimming. <laughs> and so let's read it there. So once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats that are at the shore at the lake, and the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let your nets for, down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long before, but have not caught nothing. Yes, if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. So they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James, John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Now catch this. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching fish. I mean catching people. Whom they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything... And followed them, followed him, Jesus. And so here is, we can see the call of um, Peter. From Luke chapter 5 to the end of the Gospels, Peter was called from this point forward. Because Jesus said, uh, you're going to be catching men from this point on. He said, from now on, you're going to be a fisherman of men. 
And so um, we can see here that um, that that is true. I mean, if you know, Simon took his calling uh, pretty seriously when they came to arrest Jesus. Uh, you know, the uh, the the people there that came and arrested him. What did Simon do? He pulled his sword out and chopped the ear off of one of those people that came to arrest him. I would say he was pretty serious about the calling that he had. But I think he thought it was a natural calling. You know, that he was, Jesus was going to be their leader. Obviously, he was. But he thought that it was going to be natural. And so, but he took his calling very seriously. And um, I want to give just a little bit of background, too, of our story today. So we got two different, two different groups of people. We got, we got the disciples that right before our topic today, they were up in, up in, the, in, in a room there having a conversation and interacting with each other. And uh, they had the door locked uh, because of fear of the Jews. And then we have another group of people that, that found out over there in Matthew's account that Jesus was resurrected. And in Matthew's account, he gives uh, the high priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they give the guards instruction. And they say to the guards, um, you tell the governors, the state, that the disciples came and stole Jesus' body out of the tomb. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have us a problem. And so we've got these two things that are happening in this society and about this time that, that, that we read the scriptures that we're going to read today. It's just about eight days later after Jesus' resurrection. So you think about that. We got one group of people. They're wanting to obey Christ. They're wanting to do the things of the Lord. They're wanting to, um, you know, further the kingdom of God. I would too, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, they, they were sitting there. They're having this meeting. They're scared because of the Jews that got the doors locked. And Jesus just comes through the wall and just shows up. Oh, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, the disciples are probably still thinking, well, this is going to be a natural kingdom. This is going to be a natural thing here. But, um, and so you got that group. Then, then, then you got the, the high priests, the leaders of, of Peter's, the supposed, supposedly leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees. They're in there. And they're, 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 they're thinking, you know, if, if this truth gets out, that Christ is resurrected, that Jesus is out of the tomb, and that he's actually uh, resurrected, that he is the Christ, we're going to have problems with the government. They were scared of the government. So, uh, what they, they told those people, the, the, the guards at the tomb, you tell the governors that the disciples came stole him. So you can see the two different mindsets. Right? You can see the two different mindsets there. And so, then last week we talked about, Peter said, you know, after eight days they'd been there toiling and waiting and, you know, getting impatient and reasoning came out. Reasoning came forth and they started thinking the situation through and, and thinking, well, you know, maybe Jesus changed his mind. We're still here in Jerusalem and on the Sea of Galilee and maybe he, maybe, you know, he's had a problem with, you know, him and Gabriel are having a discussion somewhere. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but they, they decided to go, go fishing again. And we picked it up last week, you know, uh, there were Peter said and seven others followed him. They said, we're going fishing. Forget about this waiting stuff. We got to have some food. We got, we're, we're going fishing. Right? So you got these two things going on and you got reasoning going on. But then, Gracious Jesus, 
the one who is full of love, the one who is full of mercy, shows up on the shore. And that's where we pick it up today. There in, in uh, John chapter 21, verse 5 in our notes, meets them, Jesus meets them where they are. Jesus says here in John chapter 21, verse 5, Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No, they don't. And um, so how many of you know that Let's just go ahead and read the definition there, that, that, that word in the Greek there, in, in the Strong's uh, Greek's concordance there. That word says that well, he calls them children, a childing or of either sex that is properly an infinite or by extension a half-grown boy or girl, figuratively an immature Christian. <laughs> right? And so um, the other thing that I wanted us to notice here is that Peter was still called. Peter and the disciples, the seven that were on that boat fishing, God had never changed his mind about them. God had never changed his mind about their calling. But we know that because of the things that happened after this. We know that, right? After the day of Pentecost, these things, you know, they preach the gospel, all this thing goes, which we'll talk about in a few days. But I want us to notice this. God did not change his mind about them out there fishing in that boat. He didn't change his mind. He didn't say, you dirty, rotten scoundrels. Why are you out there fishing? I called you to stay over here in Jerusalem. I called you to be over here. Why, didn't you, why aren't you over there waiting on me? Didn't say that, did he? He met them right where they was, and he called them what they were, kids, children. <laughs> hey, kids, what are you doing out there in that boat? Catching anything? Are you having any, you know, are you living the blessed life? He says, are you catching anything? Later, Peter says this, which we'll recap in just a little bit. First Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk and, be, and by it you may grow up into salvation. I wonder how Peter learned that. I wonder if it was on this day that Jesus extended grace to him that he learned some things here. Let's go ahead and look at point two here. They listened and tried to obey. Now get this. John chapter 21 verse 6. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you're going to find some fish. Right before this, he said, you know, they, they, he asked me to catch anything. No, we've told all, I haven't caught, caught anything. And then he says here, cast it on the right side. So what did they do? They obeyed. They cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. So I mean, if you know, that's grace. That's God's love. He met them where they were. He blessed them where they were, didn't he? He will bless you and I where we're at. Even though we could be off out somewhere doing some things that he's never called us to do, he, he will still bless us in that. He will still, his grace is still there. His abundance is still there. His provision is still there. He will still honor uh, those what, what we're up to there and bless us. But think about it is he's not gonna leave us there, is it is that right? <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna meet us right where we're at. He gonna he's gonna meet us right there and he's gonna say, uh, just come on up a little bit higher. Let's go ahead and read. Now Peter goes swimming. Let's read this. John chapter twenty one verse seven. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord 
When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on the outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. Now let's stop right there for just a minute. <laughs> How many of you know that Peter, in Luke chapter 5, which we read, uh, his boat was used to teach the multitudes. Remember, we read there in Luke chapter 5. So Peter could have been reasoning all this out. And he probably recalled that incident that happened in Luke chapter 5. He probably got to thinking, oh my gosh, that day uh, I was also blessed that this time that I had five nets full of stuff. It took two boats to haul all the fish in and they almost sank. And I didn't believe the Lord when he said that. And then I said, Lord, please forgive me. I'm a sinful man. Depart from me, for I don't deserve all this favor and all this grace and all this, uh, you know, that you're giving me. I wonder if Peter had a little uh, recap. Because when John told him, it's the Lord over there on the bank. It's the Lord over there. What does Peter do? First thing he does is put some different clothes on. <laughs> Cover up what he's doing. Let's just pretend that we didn't catch any fish. <laughs> We're not really fishing. We're just out here sightseeing. We're just kind of out here observing the territory, you know. That's kind of the emphasis there. Peter puts on his other clothes, his regular clothes. Jesus, I don't want you to see me out here fishing. I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to be waiting for you. <laughs> right? He's, you know, that could be a thought. That could be something that's happening there. He says there... Uh, that he threw himself into the sea. Now let's go ahead and read John chapter 21 verse 8. The other disciples came in, in, in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land but about 100 yards off. Okay, so, so here we got the story. Here we got Peter and he swims to the shore. But his other disciples, the seven others there that he took with him, the six others left on that boat they take that boat and they steer that boat into the shore where Peter and Jesus are over there. But guess what they're doing? They're dragging the net. Can you imagine? Keep this thing quiet. Keep this thing kind of to itself. Although they still wanted to go see Jesus because they knew it was him. Now can you imagine? And, and John later says they caught 153 big fish. Now, how many, where's all our fishermen at here? Anybody ever been fishing? Anybody ever used a seine, you know, and done some seining before? What happens when that seine, you bring that seine up and, you know, you bring it up out of that creek and you got all kinds of little crawdads and, you know, and fish and stuff flopping around back there in that seine, right? So here are these six disciples. They come, they're dragging that net up behind that boat. And I'm just wondering how many of those 153 big fish are back there flopping around and making a noise. <laughs> huh? I'm wondering how many of those fish are back there flopping around, you know. And, and, uh, and Peter, he's over there, man, I just wish those fish would just kind of be quiet. And, you know, I don't want Jesus to know I've, I've gone fishing again. You know, that could be a, could be a deal there, right? <laughs> 
So the other disciples came driving the net, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. Now, John chapter 21, verse 9. When they got to the land, they saw the charcoal in the place and the, uh, with the fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring me some of the fish that you caught. <laughs> right? Jesus said, hey, I know you guys have been out there fishing. Go bring me some of them fish that you caught. Peter is still reasoning things out. He's still doing things by the natural. Let's look and see what he says. Verse, verse 11. So Simon Peter went aboard. Now listen. Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. I mean, say, thank God for second chances. <laughs> thank God for second chances, right? Remember in Luke chapter 5, the nets were being torn and all this. Here, and I want you to notice another thing here. What would cause Peter to leave Jesus' presence over there cooking fish on that charcoal... Uh, uh, to jump back on that boat and uh, pull that net in. It says, it says Simon Peter pulled the net in. 153 fish. Where were the other disciples? They must have been standing over there on the shore because it says Simon Peter went over there and pulled in the net. <laughs> What's he thinking? What is he thinking? He's still thinking natural. He's still thinking natural things. He's still thinking, hey, I got the, I got the, I got Jesus over here on the shore. He's back to life. We're going to reestablish this thing. I'm going to pray. And Jesus told him, told him, see what he said. Verse 21, verse 11. So Simon Peter went aboard. Simon Peter went aboard and hauled in the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Verse 12, Jesus said to them, come and have some breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him who he were. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And, uh, and so with the fish. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus did not give them his fish? Jesus said to them, Go get some of the fish you caught. Bring them over here. I want to cook them for you. And we'll have some breakfast. So that means if you eat fish for breakfast, that's okay. I like fish for breakfast. Anybody else? <laughs> My dad used to love fish for breakfast. Anybody else? No, not too many. <laughs> Teresa, Rudy back there, Daryl. I, lo I like fish for breakfast. Here's where I get it right here. Praise God. Jesus and the disciples had fish for breakfast, so that means it's okay, right? <laughs> That's because he didn't have bacon. That's because he didn't have bacon. Okay, there you go. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine the scene? I, I mean, you got to think of what what's Peter thinking. Here he is. I mean, he in this one scene, in this one little span of time, he says, "I'm going fishing." Toil all night. Don't catch any fish. He hears a stranger over on the bank say, cast the net on the right side and you'll catch some fish. They start pulling it in. And while they're pulling it in, John tells Peter, um, it's the Lord. Hey, Peter, it's Jesus. <laughs> 
It's Jesus. He's, he's over there on the bank. And Peter says, um, I don't want him to see me. This I'll put me some clothes on, put my work clothes back on because, I, you know. And he jumps out of the boat and he swims to the bank. <laughs> Not too much other interaction going on there. Except for uh, Peter's, Jesus tells Peter, uh, he tells the disciples, uh, bring me some of your fish. And the next thing you see Peter doing is jumping up on that boat and hauling the net in. I wonder if he had a fillet knife, electric one, you know. I mean, how did he clean them that quick? I mean, you know, they, they didn't eat it. They had to have scales for him to eat them, but I know they didn't eat the scales, right? 153 fish. I mean, I bet he was like, you know, and putting those fish over there and cleaning those fish. Right? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't, couldn't eat them without cleaning them. Jesus said, bring me some of your fish. I'll cook you some fish. We'll have some breakfast. Thought. Oh, well, they, they, had, they had to eat the clean fish because it was still the old covenant. But. No, I know, but I mean, maybe they, 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 you could still cook them whole and eat them. Yeah. I guess, yeah. But you had to descale them or something. You had to take the scales off. They didn't want to eat the scale. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they put the whole fish on there and, and cooked them and then cleaned them. I, anyhow, they had fish, you know. Quite a deal. Why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this to say that wherever you and I are in in relation to God, God has not changed his mind about you and I. He has not changed his mind about you and I. He still says, what I've called you to do, what I've asked you to do, it still stands. It's still precedent over everything. I love you so much that wherever you are, wherever you and I are at, whatever we're doing, wherever we're headed, he says just stop and recalculate. He says, just remember the things that I called you to. Yeah, just remember the, the people I've asked you to go see. Those things. He says, I have not changed my mind about your gifts and your callings and your talents and the things that I place in you. That's what he's saying here. He's saying that to Peter. So uh, it doesn't make any difference how much we've messed it up. Some of us have messed it up. It took me 20 years to finally get somewhere, right? So that means there's hope for the rest of us, right? <laughs> God has not changed his mind about you and I. God has not changed his mind about us at all. He says, I have still called you. I've still ordained you. I've still empowered you. And it hasn't changed. I've not changed my mind about it. Can you see that in this story? Can you see that in this story here? Amen. God did not change his mind about Peter or the disciples. Didn't change his mind at all. So if you and I find ourselves in a boat fishing, if you and I find ourselves, you know, away from the plan and the purpose of the Lord, if we find ourselves straying from the things of God, God is always saying, just come back. Just bring me some of what you got. <laughs> oh, wow, praise God. There's a little offering right there. Just bring me some of the things that you're doing. Just bring them into my storehouse. And your heart will be directed back to the things of the Lord. Right? He told the disciples, just bring me some of them fish that you're catching. I'll cook them for you. I mean, you know, that's grace. That's empowerment. 
That's approval. That's affirmation. That's calling. That's gifts. Put back into place, which we'll see next week. Now, Peter, he gave us some instruction. I think there's three, four things here that we can observe from this story that Peter learned. And he tells us about them in 1 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at them in our notes. Peter encourages us to listen and to obey. And what does he say for us to do? Put away all malice. Put away all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. He says to put those things away. I wonder if, if Peter maybe was deceiving, or being, you know, he, I, I doubt if he's doing it intentionally, but he says here, put those things away. Malice, a deceitful life, false, uh, you know, f- false things that we, that we try to do. Hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Peter says, put those away. Don't do them. And then he says these words in, in 1 Peter 2 2. Like newborn babes and infants long for the spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. How many of you know that Peter had a desire? He had a true, honest desire to please the Lord. I believe that with all my heart, don't you? I believe that he wanted to please the Lord. I believe that he wanted to do everything that he could. To please his father. And so we can see here desire. He, he puts in his word. Peter later writes these words for us. That our desire should include in it. Uh, you know uh, the spear, pure spiritual milk of the word of God. That we in it might grow up in our salvation. Right? So that means that you and I are in a growth process as well. We are growing as well. And God is saying that wherever you're at, I'm going to meet you there. But I'm going to ask you to do these things. You can do these things that I'm asking you here. Put away malice. Put away deceit. Put away hypocrisy. And envy and slander. Put those things away. And stop being uncomfortable where you're at. How many of you know Peter? He was pretty uncomfortable in that situation that we talked about there. I mean, you could tell by the things that he done. <laughs> I mean, the first thing he does is put on his clothes, jumps in the, in the, in the river, and swims towards Jesus. How I many know that's a good move? When you and I are in the middle of our struggles and we don't know for sure uh, where God's at in this, if we'll just do, be honest with our Lord Jesus Christ and swim and move towards him, he'll bless us there. He'll just say, bring me what you got. Just bring me a little bit of what you got. And, and uh, your desires are going to change. Your desires will change. When you bring me where you're at, when you bring me and you say, you tell me where you're at, I'm going to meet you right there. He says, I'll meet you right there. He said, Just bring me what you got. And when you bring me what you got, your desire will change. Your desire will become my desire. And your thoughts will be, my thoughts will become your thoughts.
Lord, he was trying to please his father, please his master, but taking some wrong action there. And Lord, just as Jesus went to Peter and reinstated him and was gracious to him, we know you're the same way to us. And Father, today I just ask that if there be a heart here that doesn't know you, that they would desire you, Father. Even if they're in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing with the wrong people. Father, I pray that they would move themselves back towards you. Because you're always there waiting. You're always there calling. You're always there moving towards them. Lord, we give you the praise for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.